And welcome back to another episode of the Hero Ball Podcast. My name is Richard Davis, and I am joined by my good buddy, Ethan Huffman. Mm-hmm. Now, Ethan, today we are going to talk all things Markel Fultz. Yeah, are you ready? Man. Yeah, you I'm ready? ready, man. My man, I like Markel Fultz so much coming out of the draft. Obviously, um, he did the uh, pump fake free throw in Miami. So, obviously, I saw that and was immediately scarred. Like, how can this happen? Now he's doing this bobble bobble ball free oh, throw. Oh, yeah. It's, it's like you're tip, tossing it back drill. and forth. Yeah, tip drill type thing and then shooting it. Man, what's – you know, honestly, I with, with these guys who can't shoot free throws, like if Marco Fultz has the boldness to do that – then we need to get Rick Barry up in this piece, and we need to have teach, teach him just the underhand, you know, underhand free throw. That's what we need, honestly. Yeah, I had a horrible go of it yesterday, playing pickup, trying to make my free throws, like you know, get on the court quicker. But you know, regardless, like it was, it was a, it was a whole shot problem day. Like mm-hmm. I also have a wonky knee that's different every day I wake up. Marco Fultz, that shoulder thing, but professional athlete, we got to be able to figure this out. But that, that's honestly the reason why we're talking about him today, Richard, is because yeah. he needs to figure it out or the Sixers need to be looking elsewhere. And, and like, all of this stuff is kind of snowballing. I mean, since the Jimmy Butler trade, people were, people were thinking, like we mentioned it, like, well, I, I wonder how Marco Fultz is going to be fitting in with Jimmy Butler. I wonder, you know, if Jimmy Butler is going to say TJ McConnell's a better player, you know, forget this Fultz guy. Uh, and then – we compound it with the with the messed up free throw attempts. We we hear word that Markel Fultz and you know Drew Hanlon, the, the shooting guru who is you know helping everyone else, they're no longer on speaking terms. And it's yeah. like, man, what is going on with Markel Fultz right now? So, well, we're here. We're here on a podcast, and we're going to try to find different places for Markel Fultz. We're going to try to ship him off, and. Really, just we, we want to try to get Philadelphia someone maybe who is more impactful this year, and we want to get Markel into a situation where that is just better for him than Philly currently is. Yeah, change the scenery, get him, get him a chance to develop with an, with new coaching, new atmosphere, and maybe it just all works out that he can be happy elsewhere. Yeah, and and listeners, just want you to know, Ethan has been sending me uh, Markel Fultz trades for it's been a few days now. Um, so in preparation for this podcast, so a lot of these that you will hear are specifically his doing. Some of which you'll be able to tell right away that oh, this is that this is obviously Ethan's idea with this. Uh, but <laughs> um, and, and some were some were here for a little bit of uh, humor, and I think we can we can start off yes. with that one. Let's do that. So, of naturally, listeners, anytime we do fake trades, I think the first thing that comes to mind is, how, okay, if it's a player I like, how can I get him on the Heat? Player I'd like, how can I get him to the Pistons? You know, like, so Richard can be happy, same concept. And so the first one does include the Pistons. And it's in the mindset of the, the Sixers saying, okay, let's take some, some expiring contracts that are like, you know, C to B players, and let's see if we can, uh, we can make something out of it. So it's the Sixers receiving Patrick Beverly, from the Clippers, Mike Scott from the Clippers, and Reggie Bullock from the Pistons. The Pistons will receive Marco Fultz in this trade, and the Clippers will be getting Stanley Johnson and Henry Ellenson, who Henry Ellenson, is, his, his option's been declined, so he will be a free agent next year. Stanley Johnson's the end of his four years. He's a restricted free agent next year, and the Clippers would be getting some picks. I haven't really narrowed down what picks it would be, but I'm scared that it would be too high of picks for the Sixers to even consider this. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, it would have to be picks from coming from the Sixers. I mean, Pistons getting getting Markel Fultz 
uh, who at the moment is, you know, as we've said, not really an impact player. We would be losing two impact players. Stanley Johnson for us, who, you know, who has his issues, but Reggie Bullock, who's not been shooting well, but like we're losing, we'd be losing two wing players here. So obviously the Pistons aren't doing that. Although we do get off of Henry Ellenson, which has just needed to happen for the longest time. Well, he's getting off him is just his, his roster spot. Cause yeah. he, his third, his fourth year option has been declined already. So yes. he's, he's coming off ne- at the end of the season. But like, I think the interesting thing that does make this trade like a little um, interesting to me is Marco Fultz and Stanley Johnson. How, how different of players are they right now? Other than Stanley Johnson is a f- far superior defender. Like if you put Stanley Johnson on the Sixers, would he, he'd probably be doing a better job than what Fultz is doing right now for the most part. Cause he would actually play within himself and play in a role. And Honestly, like he's not that far away from Fultz's offensive. He just probably can't attack the rim quite with as much ease. Oh, yeah. I mean, Stanley Johnson at this moment is a much more valuable player than Markel Fultz, just like straight up because of his defensive ability. If you if you watched the uh, Detroit Pistons game versus the Toronto Raptors earlier, I guess this past week, like the fourth quarter was him just making life awful for Kawhi Leonard. And it's one of the things that led to the Pistons uh, come from behind victory. Markel Fultz, while we can imagine him being a plus defender, while while he does have some things going on, he's just not there yet. It's more upside with him, mm-hmm. more imagined upside. I what, what makes this trade interesting, and I think maybe we can think about this trade that you've made, like between the Clippers and Sixers, as like Markel Fultz is not going to the Pistons, but you could imagine, you could envision a situation, perhaps maybe where the Kings get involved as a third team. Uh, just to just to get people in because they have the ability for for salaries and, and money and stuff. But a trade between the Clippers and a trade between the Sixers, where Patrick Beverly goes to the Sixers, would be a dream in my opinion because he seems to be the perfect off-ball point guard for for this Philadelphia 76ers yeah. team, which is kind of what you want. Yeah, all of a sudden you could have a closing lineup with Beverly Redick, and then if Redick was a defensive liability, you can still go back to a Wilson Chandler or a Mike Muscala, depending on what the matchup is. But if you could put Beverly out there, who's a quality catch-and-shoot guy, doesn't need the ball in his hands, never has really gotten you know in his in his own head about not touching the ball enough, he's a perfect kind of point guard pair to put with Ben Simmons. All of a sudden, you have Beverly, Butler, Embiid, and Simmons on the floor at the same time, regardless of Redick or Chandler or Muscala, whatever else you get. That is a crazy, individually talented defensive lineup. Oh, yeah, totally. And, and so... While this trade three-teamer with the Pistons is, you know, a very much a long shot, the idea that perhaps a Clippers-Sixers trade could happen that would include Beverly, I just don't think that the Clippers want Markel Fultz, uh, especially since they want to keep their books pretty clean. But that's where a team like the Sacramento Kings could come in and and make that happen. But, I mean... Maybe even a team like the Suns, like we we yeah. we'll talk about them a little bit later, but like maybe they could be the person where Fultz ends up being the destination... Maybe they don't really get any assets in terms of players from the Suns, but maybe that's the destination for Fultz that allows, you know, the the good players from the Clippers to make their way over to Philadelphia. Yeah, I mean, there are a few teams that I'd like to see him just end up on, just as far as you just good situations. I think the Suns would be one of them if possible. But uh, we'll get to that when we get to that. Um, what's the next one you got, Ethan? Let's see. I was looking at the Cavs as a team with a lot of just better shooters than the Sixers have currently. 
And the players I identified that would be worth trading for is one Rodney Hood, C.D. Osmond, and Kyle Korver. All of them play that two to three position area. They all, uh, two of them have more defensive potential than Kyle Korver, but Kyle Korver plays smart defense, you know, for what it's worth. Um, Korver obviously the best shooter, C.D. Osmond, Hood, more versatile players. Uh, but it'd be it'd be those three players for then Marco Fultz and salary filler for Korkmaz. Corkmaz. Um, Corkmaz has had his fourth year or third year option declined already, so he'll be a free agent at the end of the season in the Philadelphia 76ers, or whoever trades for him won't be able to pay him out more than what his option would have been. So if you're the Cavs, this isn't really like a trade for uh, Corkmaz is almost irrelevant because if you really liked him, you would actually just try to sign him later. But it's a trade for Fultz, and you're going to pair the uh, ultimate non-shooting backcourt. Had that one wrong on Colin Sexton. You'd have two point guards, one six three, one six four five, and both of them can't shoot. But both of them still pretty dynamic off the dribble, which could maybe um, be interesting, an interesting pairing. Yeah, um, and I'm not sure. But I think Kyle Korver's second year does, is is that. Is that have any partial guarantee? Is that partially guaranteed, or is that fully guaranteed? I don't have any idea. Okay. I'm, 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 I can pull up basketball or bow track and see. Right, right. Um, well, yeah, we'll see how how good of a job they do in in, in explaining that. But yeah, I mean, with with this essentially, with the Cavs, you're saying, well, we need to. This would probably be the beginning of a series of moves for them. If they're going to move off of Kyle Korver and and um, Rodney Hood, also Rodney Hood would have to give the okay on this. Which uh, I think you would. Which, yeah, why not? I mean, you're going to a better team. They, by the time this trade's available, which would be December 15th, he should have a pretty good idea of what his potential is on mm-hmm. the uh, I'm going to prove myself out here Yeah, train. And if he's not like wiling out, it'd be better to just be mediocre on a decent team than – you know, yeah. I mean, if you come in and get give quality minutes, um, you know, I think that would be good. But yeah, this would be the first of, of a number of trades for the Cavaliers, and uh, probably I would assume that the, that Philadelphia would have another trade in the works as well, just to balance out the the roster a little bit. But yeah, I mean, with the, with this type of trade, you would in Philadelphia be getting the shooting that you want right now. You really only got two people, Reddick and um, Landry Shamit who can shoot the ball. This helps them a bit. And um, really Cleveland just takes a swing on Marco Fultz, even though they have Colin Sexton now, but you know, who cares? You're an awful team. Uh, bring, bring in as much young potential as you can. That's right. Um, update on Kyle Corver's contract it is guaranteed for 3.44 million. Okay. Yeah. If if he's waived before July seventh, yeah, which which she you know which he would. So um, that's yeah. I thought he had a, a partially guaranteed second second year on that. So that that's not super. Which I would assume the Sixers probably would would waive that d- depending on how their how their team looked. I guess. Yeah, I, I just don't know how much if you want to tie up. What is, what however much money it is eight seven eight million dollars dollars. It's basically um, like you'd be trading. Trading the Fultz contract, you know, because Fultz has like is getting paid like nine million next year. You'd be paying seven million to Kyle Korver. Like you're limiting how much cap space you could have, but it's it's not it's not any worse than if you had done nothing. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So it's 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 a reasonable trade. Although I just you wonder if the Cavaliers would do that because they have Sexton. I mean, while Marco Fultz is a different type of player than Sexton, uh, it's just. Do you really want to do that? 
to to your to the young guy that you just invested. Um, you're you're really investing. I'm not sure. We'll see. We'll see. But right. yeah. All right, Richard, you have this next trade. This is your spawn. Yeah, I mean, it's it's you know Markel Fultz to the Brooklyn Nets for D'Angelo Russell. I mean, with with this trade, it's it's kind of a situation where the Nets are saying, well, Karis Levert goes down. We're not we the aspirations we had of maybe sneaking into the playoffs are are no longer there, um, and why not bring in just someone different? You know the 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 experiment we had with D'Angelo Russell didn't quite go the way that we wanted. The only real reason why this might not work out and might might you know they might say eh not really is because Markel Fultz kind of you know doesn't lock up your, you know, but, but it's future money that you have to give to someone. And mm-hmm. with Brooklyn wanting to go out and, and bring someone in, you know, wanting to bring in, I don't know who, who the people that they've had their eye on. You wonder if that would happen. I just don't think that they're going to be seriously in the running. Um, but what I think that this would do is it would clear enough space for you to say, all right, Spencer Dinwiddie, this is your, this is your team. You run this team. We don't, we're not going to go back and forth between you and, D'Angelo Russell and with the Sixers you get you know you get a guard who just extra shooting right granted he probably wants the ball in his hand more but you just say you know let's stick you in the corner D'Angelo Russell and you can actually shoot and spread the four a little bit more than what we've had thus far yeah it's, it'd be, it's an interesting thing about this trade and the, and the concept of the whatever draft that was where they pat when a Joe um Joe Oakford ended up yeah. being the pick Mm-hmm. As the, the Lakers selected D'Angelo Russell, it's like okay, well, what, maybe D'Angelo Russell would have been that this team's pick had he been available to them. So kind of interesting, um, just you know, chance to like get that player now. D'Angelo Russell doesn't like doesn't like he he makes sense as a player you could play next to Ben Simmons because then if you limit his playmaking opportunities, you you also limit how many turnovers he can create. And he he is a solid shooter. He's a streaky shooter at that, but he is a solid shooter. And if he plays really well, then you may, maybe he's the kind of guy you bring back because he's he's on the timeline. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. that that's that's a, that's an exciting trade of full potential. And if it doesn't work out, you, you didn't lose anything other than retention of a, an asset. Yeah, I I just I'm just not sure how how super willing Brooklyn's gonna be. But here's the thing about Brooklyn: they're gonna have so much money coming off of their books this next year, anyways. That's so. True. And do they really think that they're going to get two max slot guys? I mean, I think that's that's really wishful thinking if you're them. So why not say maybe you know let's go ahead and maybe invest you know get some money because the cash that we're going to have isn't going to be that valuable if we can't bring in people that we actually want. We're just going to end up with middle of the road guys paying them like max guys. If you don't get the guys you want, you're just going to be bringing back Spencer Dinwiddie on probably a slightly above market deal. Ronda House Jefferson and probably a slightly above market deal. And then, you know, and potentially D'Angelo Russell in the same concept. Yeah. The only guys that are coming off that like you're guaranteed they're not gonna want to bring back unless it's in a really reduced payroll would be Damari Carroll, Fareed, and Jared Dudley. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that's 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 basically it. So so yeah. like the, the, all, everyone else that's coming off the books this year is like, oh yeah, we we wouldn't mind having him back if we can't get you know a Kevin Durant or a Chris Milton or a Clay Thompson. Mm-hmm. Good, good luck getting any of those guys. Yeah, exactly. So, um, anyways, that that's just you know an in, in, interesting one, perhaps. But 
Let's go ahead and hear your pipe dream. Uh, oh. <laughs> I, it's pipe dream. I, I, that's, that might be a little stronger. I don't know if I want it that bad. Fine. Pipe pipe dream number one, because there's a couple of these on here. But ba- basically, we're, in this one, it's not who you're getting. It's who you are removing from the Miami Heat. Go ahead and tell us. Okay, so this is a Marco Fultz trade naturally, and it's with the Heat receiving Marco Fultz and Mike Muscala from the 76ers. The Philadelphia 76ers will be receiving Derek Favors from the Utah Jazz, you know, expiring contract, but a really solid big guy, much better than Amir Johnson. That's the point here. Indeed. And then the Sixers also getting Rodney Magruder, um, a guy who's also expiring deal, but he's, you know, a 6'4", hard-nosed defender, shoots pretty well, and is actually – him and Hassan Whiteside have the most alley-oops between two players this NBA season. So he's he's got a nice lob, Joel Embiid. Keep that in mind. <laughs> and then uh, Utah Jazz would be receiving Kelly Olenek, Forkan Korkmaz, and a second-round pick. Kelly and, Olenek, gone. To, to, to Utah, where, where we would really like they him. Need shooting. They need shooting. They do. They do. They, they really need – like, I think that in all, in all honesty – this is a trade that would be really nice for the Utah Jazz because Derek Favor that you know Derek Favors while we like him it, it just this year especially it's difficult to be playing both of those guys and Derek Favors uh, you know at the 5 hasn't worked out as well this year as you know in previous you know as we would have liked to imagine I'd so I'm so sad about that honestly mm-hmm. I love Derek Favors so having Kelly Olynyk moving him into that kind of uh, Derek Favors role just take him and put him in there um, I think that that really would be a, a good move for the Utah Jazz because not only that, but I mean, Utah Jazz aren't going to be bringing in many free agents, we would assume, right? I mean, no. maybe they could. I have to look at their books, but I, I think having Kelly Olenek long term at, you know, at that Dave, Derek Favors uh, slot, I, I think that that's, that'd be a pretty good move for them, uh, not only this year, but in the future as well. For this year, definitely. Um, and a Utah angle I forgot to mention um, because it just didn't work out in the trades I was looking at was Alec Burks could be a guy that Philadelphia yeah. has some interest in just because he's a he's a, like an attacking two guard who can shoot a little bit. Thabo Cephalosha is an expiring. Like, this offseason, their expiring deals are Ricky Rubio. You would assume that they want him back. Derek Favors is lightly guaranteed on that second season as i remember but I'm, i can't i always know i get that contract wrong when i when i recall it right versus a free agent thabo is a free agent and epe udo is a free agent but that's it so you're right like they're gonna have some cap space this offseason but is it cap space that is practical cap space i mean if if you can get like this would be the team that maybe you can convince um, you know, Chris Middleton maybe to go to, but it's it's like he wouldn't be. You don't have a max slot, I don't think. So you're you're really just saying, hey, we'll give you, you know, uh, the rest of our cast base, and but but then at that point, it's like you're are you? I don't know. I I'm just I'm not convinced that Utah can be a legitimate trade destination this year. Yeah, I don't think so either. I, I think know. I think Kelly Olynyk makes a lot of sense for that team going forward, just because he's. He's kind of a, a zig to the zag of Rudy Gobert. Yeah. And um, I think that I, I, for, if Kelly Lennox is going to make sense, it's got to be on a team like that. And, like, he would make sense in Miami if we didn't have Bam, who is just – like, you got to get that guy minutes. And you got to get Hassan minutes because he's still the best center on the roster. So 
So for, for, Miami. for Miami, this is a semi-cap clearing move. Um, yeah, drop you know, a few bucks. Drop a few dollars. Uh, from I, mean, I think it actually increases the bill for this year because uh, with with Muscala coming in, that's yeah. Like, that's th- like I think about a million more. So like the tax payment is a little bit higher this year, but you just won't re-sign Muscala. Yeah, it, looking at the 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 people involved in this, like I would say that Miami Heat, they're definitely getting the raw deal as far as like the overall talent. I mean, Utah Jazz, Kalinic is going to be a valuable piece for them. Derek Favors is going to be better than uh, and Mike Muscala, Amir Johnson kind of combo there. So I mean, mm-hmm. and Rodney Magruder, that extra wing, I think that would be helpful. I think Rodney Magruder is just like the the pick tax for that Miami is not going to be willing to give up. You know what I'm saying? Like, right? They don't have that. They don't have they don't have the picks to just keep spending them willy nilly on yeah. on gambles like a Markel Fultz would be. Right. So yeah, inter- I mean, interesting from the Miami Heat guy. You know, saying well, we'll we'll get the theoretically worst players. Obviously, Markel Fultz, the upside there. We'll see. But yeah, well, let's go ahead and go to maybe one that you think should. Probably, oh, I, w- I would yeah. say this is the one you probably think should happen, right? Yeah, this is one that I'm, I'm really, I'm selling myself on a lot because it makes sense for both teams. Um, the one person who might be aggrieved at this trade is one Trevor Ariza. So this is the Suns and Sixers. It'd be Marco Fultz and Justin Patton for Trevor Ariza. Now I included Justin Patton because he makes sense as the, like the lowest, lowest sending out asset that the Sixers can send out. That just means the trade has to be delayed till January 11th. If you included Corkmaz, which is also a relatively low um, trade piece, he, you could do this trade on December 15th. But like, I just wanted to include Patton because he is the lowest lowest value man. But the Sixers, I don't think, are in the Trevor Ariza sweepstakes if he's bought out. I think that is reserved for the Rockets, and I think the Lakers will, would, would get him. I, I don't, I, no doubt in my mind that he would go to the Lakers because he's an L.A. guy. It just makes too much sense. He's been there before. But this is the kind of gamble that you make if you're the Suns because you don't you just don't have a real point guard. Elia Kobo, we we like him, but he's still pretty he's under the yeah. yeah, he's still a very under the radar player in general. Like you, I think if you ask some front offices around the league who Elia Kobo is, some people would still be like, oh, I'm not is I'm not exactly sure. And so getting Markel Fultz would be an, a nice pairing to go with Devin Booker. Devin Booker clearly makes up for all the shooting deficiencies that Fultz has. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Marco Fultz, while not being a shooter right now, obviously, he is still a really good ball handler and and prober. And maybe you, you still get Devin Booker to develop into that probing role, but Marco Fultz could take off some of that pressure because he is still good at getting to the basket. And, you know, with a, a team like the Suns, who already have a center that in DeAndre Ayton who can space out pretty well, TJ Warren's probably their worst shooter in their starting lineup aside from Fultz then. And he, he can space out enough. I think this would be a nice place for Fultz to grow, and yeah. it, it, it's on the timeline. The question is, like, is when when he gets good and you get to pay him, like maybe that's when the dollars are shrinking up because Aiton will be close to getting paid, et cetera, et cetera. But I think this trade makes a lot of sense, and I think this is kind of the gamble you take as the Sixers because you're not going to get Ariza in the buyout market, in my opinion. I mean, I think he'd have to you'd have to consider them just because he's like, oh well, this is a contender, and the role the role fits. But but from LA and LA is going to give him an de- offer. Yeah, perhaps. Um, I looking at this trade, found the 76ers. 
I'm really saying, okay, I really am just wanting to cut bait with you. Yeah, that, that, that's that's what I see here. I see with this that they're saying we are we are totally um, giving up on Markel Fultz. We don't want any part of him. We actually wish that we didn't pick him. And perhaps this is a new front office, new everything. Like perhaps that I mean this is you're able to do that now. Yeah. I, I, man. So this this is the ultimate like no, nah, he's not gonna be it. It's not he's not he doesn't have it. That's that's what this trade is. And this is optimizing the year that you're guaranteed to have Jimmy Butler. Because while everyone believes that Jimmy Butler is probably gonna re-sign with Philadelphia, mm-hmm. like it's a, it's very likely because that's where he can get his most money. It, it, it's a team that he does seem to fit on reasonably well. Uh he's not sticking around after this year he's gone he's done no, so Trevor Reeves is done. that's what i'm saying this is the okay we're guaranteed jimmy butler this year if he did want to leave this is the one or this might be our one chance to really push for something special right so man that's you know this trade just makes me sad <laughs> but it, it, it might make the most sense yeah, out of, yeah. Out of all the ones that we're mentioning, this one probably makes the most sense. But man, I'm just right. sad. Well, a second one that makes quite a bit of sense yeah. is this one right here: the Orlando Magic and 76ers. This would be Fultz going to the Magic, and then Jonathan Simmons and Melvin Frazier Jr. going to the 76ers. Now, Melvin Frazier Jr. is one apple of Richard's eye. You know, a lengthy, lengthy swing man, like um, developing jump shot. Yeah, this this would this would make the Philadelphia 76ers garbage time lineups with Jonah Bold and Melvin Frazier just like really just warming my soul. Like it would be really, really I'd be really, really happy here. Although honestly, I would want those guys somewhere else because they're not going to actually get any minutes or, or really play much in in Philadelphia. But yeah, I I do like Melvin Frazier. That's the that's the cost of having a six ten point guard. Like yeah. you don't you don't usually play as many of those like lengthy guys. Oh um, yeah. yeah, Jonathan Simmons, uh, a guy who's contributed some winning for the Spurs. He's you know not a crazy dynamic guy with the ball in his hands, but he's a decent spot of shooter. This this is another pretty well similar to the Ariza trade. But but with this one, it's in an asset. Yeah, but with this one, yeah, you're get you're getting future assets. You're also you're you're getting you know Jonathan Simmons. And does he does his expire after this year, or is he around for a little further? I think he's around for a little bit, for like one more year or something. I honestly think he expires, but I could he, be. Double, you you double check on that. Um, but yeah, with 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 this move, this this trade would not signal to me that um, we think Markel Fultz is just done and awful. Because in this, you're getting someone like a Melvin Frazier. You're getting someone like uh, Jonathan Simmons, who like the Jonathan Simmons would be the kind of the Trevor Ariza comp where it's like, okay, this is our, this is the veteran player. We're just bringing him in because we need someone to fill that role. But in getting Melvin Frazier, you're saying, well, th- th- there was some sort of future value to Markel Fultz and we're getting, you know, compensated that with, with this, with this was with Melvin Frazier. So his next, so he has one more year on his contract, but it's only guaranteed for $1 million. Okay. There you go. Per Adrian Wojnarowski. Okay. There you go. Um, all right, so there's that one. Uh, this one, you're gonna have to talk about this one. I just, I don't think this one's really. Oh yeah, I th- I threw together a couple bulls trades just for the simple fact that it's like I don't know if Chris Dunn is impressing anyone over here, and I, it's just a team that you're 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 throwing some stuff at the fan and seeing if it uh eventually sticks to the wall. Um, yeah, it's it's Fultz going to the Bulls. That's the that's what the Bulls get. And then it's the Sixers sending out Justin Holiday, Chandler Hutchinson, or Bobby Portis. Re- receiving, Bobby Portis. receiving. 
That's why well, I said I said it wrong. My yeah, bad. It's okay. It's the Sixers getting Holiday, Hutchinson, and Portis, or Chris Dunn and Holiday. This is a salary a salary reason. Uh, I, I put Kaiser Gates on there because he he's a two way contract for the Bulls, and I just wanted to be, get a mention on the pod. Fair enough. Um, so Bobby Portis is going to be a restricted free agent at the end of the season. Justin Holiday is a UFA. Um, Chris Dunn has one more year on his contract. Chandler Hutchinson has three more years on his contract. It's this is a thing that you're you're trading for. You're trading for some wing support shooting and Bobby Portis, maybe like a, a lightning rod spark off the bench. Um, either way, it's not really anything that's like going to make a difference. I don't think. I think getting Hutchinson in on the ground floor for the Sixers could be helpful going forward. Like he's not going to be a crazy difference. His, if, his, if his career turns into Wilson Chandler, he will have done well for himself. So. Yeah, I don't see the Bulls doing something like this. I, I just feel like they don't like they more than anyone don't want to show that they made the wrong move, and and so I feel like they want to like hold on to all of their semi young guys. But you know, it's just more options. We'd like to see Markel Fult somewhere where they don't have an established point guard. And uh, yeah, th- this this could be it. Um, anything else you want to say about that one? Or can I move on to another one? That was the one I, I threw that one together specifically because the Bulls don't have a point guard. Yeah, that's that's of note of note. So the next one I have is with the Charlotte Hornets, uh, Markel Fultz for Jeremy Lamb. Basically, uh, I I don't think this would happen for a number of reasons, but you know I I just wanted to just find things like the Hornets right now are in that eighth slot, which you know they're basically just in this purgatory for forever. Um, granted, uh, you know they're. Basically, their entire team is just awful, except for Kemba Walker. So Kemba Walker is going to be a free agent after this year. Obviously, they're, they'd like to bring him back, and all signs point to maybe he will. You know, he's saying the right things, but who really knows? If, if if you have another losing season, you don't make the playoffs. I don't know. So in this situation, maybe Markel Folds is the, well, it didn't quite work out. Uh, we, got, we got left by... Um, you know, by Kemba Walker. Now we've got this young guy to kind of pair up with, with some of our new young, you know, bridges monk guys. And it's just kind of a reboot. Um, I don't think that they would do this because I don't think that they would want to like, I think if they made this trade, Kemba Walker would be like, well, why are you bringing this dude in? He makes almost as much money as me. And, uh, he plays my same position and he's awful. So, and you just got rid of Jeremy lamb, who is a, contributor for us what's the deal so i don't think it would happen but you know if they wanted to get a st- if mj wants to get a step ahead of the game then fair enough all right now <laughs> we have the best trade of the night i know richard remember like you took the screenshot but then i i amended the trade and sent Fultz to the wizards instead of the heat he oh said, okay because it still works because it's the same you might as well it's just the heat getting more relief they're preparing for that John Wall balloon contract with the, the adjustment. So anyway, as you've heard, it's it's the the, the trade's going to be the Heat, Wizards, and the 76ers. And so this is my way of getting John Wall to the Heat and also helping the Wizards start their reboot. Not a rebuild, a reboot. So Miami will get John Wall. That's great. We're going to get our point guard that we're going to we're going to probably reluctantly build around because we do just need that star player. Making a trade to reluctantly build around that person. That's, a, that's a good. okay. Continue. The 76ers will receive Otto Porter Jr. and Wayne Ellington. 
Very so interesting. Did you get rid of Rodney Magruder there then? I, I did, but we could okay. throw Rodney back on, but I don't That's want fine. I mean, six sixes are getting enough with, with that anyways. I mean, Otto Porter Jr. is essentially the, the wing that you want to have there. Wayne Ellington brings phenomenal shooting. So yeah. 76ers are super happy so far. Uh, what else do they have to give up, Ethan? So now, now this is where we find out all the stuff the, <laughs> the Sixers and Heat are sending out. So it would be – Goran Dragic is going to the Wizards, so he's got one more year remaining. So he's gonna like kind of you know he's gonna be the starter. He's gonna play next to Bradley Beal, be the bridge maybe for one year for Markel Fultz to get it together. Right. And honestly, like if Markel Fultz spawns up and plays really well, maybe you try you flip Goran as an expiring deal to a different type of contender. Yeah. Anyway, so then the the salary matching purposes from the Sixers would be Wilson Chandler, Mike Muscala, Amir Johnson, Markel Fultz, and a first that first round pick they required from Phoenix that is actually a Miami first-round pick. So the okay. 2021 Miami pick that they requ- acquired in the Zaire smith Mikel Bridges trade, that goes to Washington for their uh, for their Otto Porter Jr. Because Otto Porter Jr., I think, you know, playing next to guys who are way more active passers like uh, Ben Simmons, because even though John Wall is a really good ball handler and passer, he is a reluctant passer sometimes still, which is a hard ex- explanation, but it's true. I think Otto Porter Jr. would make a lot of sense. This is the all-in-ness trade for the 76ers. So you're you're saying right there, Joel Embiid, Jimmy Butler, Ben Simmons, Otto Porter Jr. Can can with this, do they still have the money to give Jimmy Butler the money that he wants? Because I mean, this is the whole issue. This is the whole issue over in Minnesota, where it's like, wait a wait a minute, you gave you gave all my money to Andrew Wiggins and but Carl Anthony Towns. But the difference there was they elected to extend Wiggins instead of renegotiating and extending Butler. So like that's where the that's where the the. But here they they are trading to get Otto Porter Jr. in and his contract rather than just why don't you just give Jimmy Butler his money? You can't right now, Richard. That's not how this thing works. Well, I know, but then why don't you wait? I mean, I, I know why this doesn't work for you, for you getting John Wall over to your team. What I'm, I'm just saying is from Jimmy Butler's perspective, if and I haven't run the numbers on all this, but it would seem that bringing in the a contract like Otto Porter Jr. would make giving Jimmy Butler the deal that he wants very, you know, unlikely. Huh? It's just going to be tax. You're going to be in the luxury tax. Okay. Well, fair, fair enough, I suppose. They're not there um, yet. <laughs> with with Washington, you know, you were very kind in saying this is not a this this is a what a, a reboot in a re a reboot. If if you if you are the uh, the front office guys for the Wizards and, and you, you try coming to Washington fans like saying, okay, guys, listen up here, we're getting rid of John Wall. We're also moving on from Otto Porter Jr. We've got two more years of Bradley Beal after this with literally no one else on the roster. Can, can I, Kelly can I, Oubre objects. Kelly Oubre, okay. So so we're now going to have to pay him what we were giving Otto Porter Jr.? I, I, mean, I don't know. I'm just, what, what I'm saying is, oh, by the way, you'll also see Jan Mahimi next year as well. So get, get used to that. I mean, for don't get me wrong. If, if I'm the Wizards and I am not thrilled about the next five years of of John Wall plus Otto Porter Jr.'s money and and, you know, if, if I in with the situation where it is right now, like this is the move. This is the uh, escape. You know, this is this is like they turn off the PS4 move before before the, the before something happens when, when you know, in, in 2K or something like that. That's what you yeah. do here. Here I say a reboot. <laughs> 
<laughs> I guess I guess it, that makes that makes that a, a really good uh, a word to use here. I'm just saying that if you do this move, man, you better you better be really cozy with the owner because the owner's got to be on board with this because you're just totally totally tearing it down. You do get the future assets that you that you would need a future Miami 2021 first. It's really interesting. How much how much worse does this team get though? I mean, it's 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 an indictment on Otto Porter Jr. and John Wall, but like Goran Dragic is probably eighty percent of a John Wall, Wilson Chandler probably eighty percent of an Otto Porter Jr. Like you're just not getting the peaks of it all. You know but here's the thing: you probably end up having better chemistry right from the get go. I mean, <laughs> you, you you probably start winning. It's it'd be great, you know. Oh man, happy to drill the ball off the court, do a handoff to Bradley Beal. And then run off a, a, a screen from Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard comes and sets the screen for Beal. Goran Dragic wings back around if Beals gets stopped, and then he does the second probe. And all of a sudden, now he's probing against a defense that's already been like you know scared a little bit. And it's so much better than him having to do all the probing that he has to do in Miami. Honestly, if you know, if if the Washington Wizards front office has the job security that they need, this is the move. This is it right here. I really like it. Like, I know you do. I mean, like, and I'm, I'm I like John Wall. Don't get me wrong, but like, yeah, he hasn't performed up to what he's about to get paid. And if some, if anyone could get it out of him, I do think it is Miami. Mm-hmm. So. And again, again, you're the Miami guy, and you're happy with the trade. The Philadelphia 76ers, I believe, would be happy with the trade as long as you know whatever whatever they can figure out with the Jimmy Butler money situation. But like, that locks you in. That's your squad, and um, it's it's a pretty darn good one, if you ask me. Yeah, the one problem with this whole trade though is like the the Wizards are taking on a lot more money than they're sending out. And I'm not. Yeah, I guess I can't tell because I don't have the one that you have there. Because right, well, they're sending out 26 million of Porter and 19.2, so it's not it's not as big a gap as I was thinking. It's actually pretty pretty even. So yeah, never mind. I was like, I was thinking that they were about to increase their luxury tax bill for this season. I was like, that's not going to fly. I mean, Miami and Philly can just throw as much money as they can. You know, you can set up, what three and a half million dollars. I was wrong because like that's forty five million right there, and okay. that that's how much um they're they're taking in forty five point eight million is how much they're bringing in. So I think I think that point eight million is worth the the pick that they're going to get. So. If it's not, then Miami would happily throw in some cash considerations, include him in the deal, right? Yeah, cash. Yeah, I like. I think this trade's good, and like, assuming it doesn't ruin the uh, the re-signing of Jimmy Butler, I think it's a I think it's a home run because all of a sudden you're you're giving that you're giving that perfect three and D player that Otto Porter could be. He's overpaid, no doubt. Yeah, but he's he's a really good three and D player. Well, we we can look we'll look into it um, when we maybe when we we'll send it out on social media if, if we think that it will actually limit the uh, ability for them to do much to Jimmy Butler, but. That's it. That those are the ones we got, Ethan. Um, likelihood that he actually gets traded? I'd say it's about a 50-50 proposition. Wow. That's high. That's high. I don't think I don't think it's I don't know. I think we're somewhere between the Phoenix trade of desperation and then some of the one, other ones we've mentioned. Like we're pretty close to like something desperate, but like we're not close enough to the desperateness that it's a guarantee. Yeah, I, I think I just I don't know. I I feel as though with the Sixers, they you you know if you're going to give up on him, then you know that's fine. But admitting that you're giving up on him by just shipping him out for basically like I I don't, I don't know the value that he has is just is just 
how other teams value him and how the Sixers value him is, is really weird. I don't know. It, it's an interesting situation. We've not really seen something like this in a while. So um, I'm looking forward to see if anything happens. Well, the Wizards heat trade makes the most sense because you're sending him back to his high school home in DeMatha. It's great. It's just great. All right. Well, that, Ethan, I think that's it. That's all we got. Yep. Time to watch football begrudgingly for our stinky teams. Stinky indeed. All right. We'll see you later, guys.